0: So, someone warm them from below till the
1: rain comes tumbling. It's time now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by Menard's family owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by V's Flowers and Garden Shop on Main Street in Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet Dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you on Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family-owned lumber with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need right there on Route 15 in Walkett. And by the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. And by the Kate Farm, now, with their plant sales online and curbside pickup. Telephone lines are open, 802-244-1777, for your questions on gardening and your comments on how your garden is growing. And right now, here is Peter Burke.
2: Hey, Joel. Hello. 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 <laughs> um wow what a beautiful day huh
1: 78 degrees right now in <laughs> oh. central vermont i'm gonna plant and, bananas i think well
2: I, w- I would like to go back to my prediction that we were going to go right from winter to summer <laughs> and i think we we've have. just about done that right <laughs> and and uh the last year that, that sort of uh, was a problem for my poor little broccoli plants but i'm planting again and we will see how it comes out um, uh, you know, I just I want to take one second to congratulate the the folks of Vermont for uh, doing so well with their battle against the COVID nineteen virus. And, um, you know, I've I just tipped my hat to everybody who suffered through wearing a mask. Uh, I was uh, telling, I was mentioning that uh, to Jack, actually, that, you know, the, the COVID-15, they talk about the 15 pounds of extra weight that because you're sitting around watching TV and eating snacks, right? Well, there's the uh, COVID acne from wearing a mask, right? <laughs> okay, right, there you go. <laughs> it's like, oh, all that hot air on your oh, so we've all suffered together, but it's been for a good cause and congratulations to everybody. And keep up the good work. I
1: think our garden centers are busy. I sampled oh, just, man. I sampled two just the uh, on Friday yesterday. Yes, yep. And uh, guys Farming and yard out there in Williston oh, was yeah. very busy. Mm-hmm. And Clawson's in Colchester mm-hmm. unbelievably yeah, busy. Yeah. You know people are all having their victory gardens plus yeah. the plus the hanging baskets and all the nice flowers too, mm. for Memorial Day people perhaps uh, visiting the, a grave or so. it was just unbelievable Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the and but the neat thing is everybody followed the protocol. That yeah masks and the number of, at least at Clausen's the number of people were mm-hmm. uh, you know were regulated as to how many in the greenhouse at one time yep. and the uh, the line was uh, was long I'll admit that but mm-hmm. moving very quickly nobody yep. complaining and everybody having a, a very very good and respectful time.
2: Well there you go and that's and that's exactly why I always said and I tip my hat to to go ahead and you know, watch the the six foot marks and people were just very carefully staying six feet away and everybody that I saw there was wearing their mask and it's you know I it's not because it's easy you know <laughs> that we do this it's because it's a huge it makes a huge difference <laughs> and so I, I I'm really just very very pleased and happy that we're we're doing that and uh you know, I I work in the granite industry, and uh, that's where we make uh, tombstones for people that die. And uh, you, I talk to people all over the Northeast and on and out to Ohio and you know Pennsylvania and New Jersey and you know Virginia and and you know the scenes are you know very similar and but some of them are are quite dire you know. Um, so anyway uh you know when the world wearies there's always the garden so today we have the garden and there's lots to do oh my gosh I'm making a list of all the things that we can do now it's just terrific and my big question is I was looking at the weather and listening to Roger and trying to figure out well are we going to have another frost You know, I'm looking at 10 days of frost-free days and nights, and that puts us well into June, and ordinarily that would be what we would call the last, you know, the last frost date. So, um I'm going to head and plant some of my less tender things. like uh, Well, my cherry tomatoes are a little bit hardier than the big tomatoes, so I am actually going to go ahead and do those. And, of course, uh, I'm going to plant uh, seeds, squash and cucumbers and all those other things. And at the same time, I'm going to put some uh, seeds in pots for sets. Because I have the lights and I want to see how they do and maybe make a comparison. So uh, we're going to do some uh, some of the Japanese uh, uh, winter squashes. Uh, they're called like a kombu or something. I got them. My wife is partial to them, and then uh, lots of butternut squash. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're gonna we'll plant those. And we're we're lucky because we have this hillside that's covered with flowers. But uh, towards the end of the the garden season, you know, uh, the flowers are starting to die out, and uh, we get the uh, um, the uh, creeping thyme, and so. I plant my squash seeds right at the edge of the top of the hill and then as they really start to put out they cover that hill with, with squash vines and the big leaves and all the rest and it works perfect and, and the bees just absolutely love that uh, creeping time so it's there naturally out there to to uh, pollinate the, the flowers so that works really well. And uh, the only thing I'm going to hold off on, and I would suggest it's a good idea to hold off on, would be your basil, your peppers, your eggplants. And the reason for that is not so much the daytime temperatures, but the nighttime temperatures. I'm looking at are, are going down to the 40s, you know, and um, those are especially sensitive to those cooler nighttimes, and and could even set them back a little bit. So, mm-hmm. if you if you can hold off on your basil, your pepper, your eggplant until next weekend, you'd be a, I think you'd be better off. Mm-hmm. If you can't, well, then just watch out. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say, what did what did Joel do yesterday? Planted his basil, pepper, <laughs> and eggplant.
2: Well, you're over in the banana belt. I'm talking about us who live in the rest of Vermont. Yeah, you know, it, I mentioned that
1: um, my daughter home from Oregon immediately went out and bought all these beautiful plants, tomatoes, and and then um, I, I I noticed our soil was compacted, so I took your advice uh-huh. and I got the um, the planters mix of yep. uh, of yep. uh, perlite, yeah. and and and, yeah. uh, and peat moss. And, Yep. So we, sho- we shoveled that in, and that seemed mm-hmm. to make a difference. Oh, yeah. We put the plants in uh, one whole one whole evening. It was Thursday evening. Yeah. And then I went out the next day just sort of, oh, hopefully the raccoons haven't eaten everything. And <laughs> But boy, they look, I think they grew an inch. No you know, kidding. In a day. Oh, that's they, great. I've never seen them look so hardy. They were happy to get out of their little pots. Oh, that's and great. Get into it. And so the temperature is warm great. enough, especially on the raised beds. But, uh.
2: Well, that brings me to the, the second thing is water, water, water. You know, um, these little guys don't have uh, much of a root system, um, the, particularly with these temperatures in in the 70s. Um, the top two or three inches of soil is drying out quickly um, and we haven't had a lot of rain so you know make sure you give them a a good drink every night and don't hesitate to water every day until you um, until the you know that they're set in and settled in and have grown their their roots out and Uh, And I'm also, you know, my beet seeds that I planted two or three weeks ago are now up and the carrots are showing and the peas are up and um, my garlic is up and all the spinaches and lettuces and Swiss chard, all of those are up and looking beautiful. Oh my gosh, I should have brought you a rhubarb. Uh, No, literally, a rhubarb is like
1: two feet. I'm just starting to see the stalks. Oh, I'm sorry. I should (laughs) have
2: brought them, old buddy. (laughs) Jeez.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully mine'll grow in a, in a week's time. I, but uh, yeah, we'll have to get
2: in touch before Saturday next week because I'll bring some with oh, me. Oh, wow! Well, much appreciated.
1: <laughs> much, the uh, my my fiddlehead uh, fern forest. Yeah, they, uh, you know, whereas uh, a couple of weeks ago I had all you, you know. Yeah. Uh, Harvesting responsibly so that they come back next year because I love the fern forest. Mm-hmm. But I kid you not, the ferns are almost three and a half feet tall oh, now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's uh-huh. it really they. They seem to enjoy the north side of my house, right mm-hmm. up against the house. Mm-hmm. But they've gone like fifteen feet out. They just keep extending themselves. I don't know if it's the uh, wow. uh, rhizomes or however mm-hmm. you, how, how mm-hmm. they spread, but they always seem to grab, take over another foot of the backyard, and with my blessing because <laughs> it, it is the neatest little. It's fun to walk through. It's fun watching the critters running and out of it, you know. <laughs> but I uh, know uh, people are in, in, who are deep in the woods in central Vermont are just harvesting their fiddleheads now.
2: That's right, you know, up our, uh, you know, in Callis Woodbury, you know, uh, up in that area, Worcester. Um, they're just, you know, they're just hitting, just starting up. So, but uh, that particular spot where we are is right in a notch. So there's no n- north or south uh-huh. exposure. <laughs> it's it's like uh, one little slot of south exposure, and then everything's in the shade again. Well, it's so. a long way from the harvest, but I I would at this point say.
1: Uh, uh, reconditioning one soil mm-hmm. uh, every couple of years is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've done this mm-hmm. in like six, yeah. six years. Yeah. We just keep t- turning it over and turning it over. This year, we uh, loosened it up quite a bit, and with the vermiculite, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just seems the plants are. It seems the plants are harv- happier well, now.
2: You know, and that brings up an interesting point: is that that um, the roots of a plant need air, mm-hmm. not just the, the moisture and the nutrient. The, minerals in the soil they also need air to grow well and it seems sort of um, counterintuitive you might say but uh yeah the roots penetrate better grow more easily in a well aerated soil and so even for the no-till uh uh you know um farmers and gardeners, they still like to use a broad fork to actually stick in and aerate the mm-hmm. soil to, to give the their roots a chance, uh, give the air a chance to penetrate down into the soil. There's so much nitrogen, which we don't think of, but there's a tremendous amount of nitrogen in the air. And there are certain plants that, that will actually draw in the nitrogen from the air and fix it in. Well, we're all familiar with the clovers and all the legumes and they all do that. But um uh yeah there's it's important to have the soil aerated so good for you. I'm glad it worked yeah. out. <laughs>
1: our, our number I think it's one number now but at any rate they all the, step into the next one so oh, it, yeah uh, with our new phones uh, 802-244-1777. Yeah. That's 244-1777. Oh, wow. uh, that's our that's our number. That's the have, number, huh? That is the number. Wow, there I might should be awarded this. this. I have to uh, so I I read the memo but I, I Still scratching my head, but I do know from the uh, training post programs this morning the phones work fine, and we oh, have good. four numbers that step into one another. Oh, so, okay, yeah. So uh, if yeah. you call the two four four one seven 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 number, you, you want
2: me to call that now? Well, let me see. <laughs> let
1: me see, somebody's calling right now. Probably the boss telling me that it's just the opposite of what I said. But let's go. Good, um, uh, good afternoon.
2: Your first name in town?
1: Hi, Joel. This is Forbes. Hey, Forbes. I've heard the name. Hello, How are you? from Vermont.
2: <laughs> How are, how's things in Corinth?
3: Great, great. Growing, anyway. I'm uh, so <laughs> side here.
2: Anyway. <laughs> so it's growing on you, huh? <laughs> yeah, it sure is.
3: Uh, pollinators. Yeah. Um, what I'm looking at right now is uh, bumblebees. Oh, man. And with the absence of honeybees and uh, so essential, what is the best? Um, a given a way of, of preserving uh, bumblebees, if that's going to be our main source, uh, what, how, what kind of care? What can you do to enhance their survival?
2: Oh boy, <laughs> I, I can't tell you. I I really don't and i've often wondered where the heck they live because they don't live in a in a hive the way that bees do or in a nest the way that wasps do or from what i understand they actually live in the ground they do and they,
3: do. Uh, and they die they die off every year except for the queen
2: Right, right, and uh, it's funny you mentioned that because just as I was getting the car to come here, I noticed uh, a whole bunch of big bumblebees uh, floating around the flowers and then in and around the, the dandelions because they're out in full bloom now uh, where we are. How about there?
3: Yeah, they are proliferately
2: here, and any yeah. of my early fruit trees are just a solid uh, blaze oh. Of them. oh, wonderful. and. wonderful. Um, so so the, the you know the this the thing that's true for every beneficial bug is true for the bumblebees too is of course not using uh the insecticides that 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 affect them you know I that's sort of a a, a no-brainer I'm sure you already know that but as far as you know habitat for them that's a that's a great question. I, I'm going to have to write this one down, Forbes, and and do a little study. Habitat.
3: Well, yeah, I what I do, of course, um, and everybody wants a pristine back, back lot in the yard, so they mow everything heavy, and I. Mm-hmm. I isolate if I'm uh, bush hogging or anything else. I will leave areas that uh, mm-hmm. have uh, a flower, a good abundance of flowers. I'll mm-hmm. leave that alone mm-hmm. for them. So, mm-hmm. that, so uh, that's the way I'm helping. Yeah. But.
2: So do your neighbors uh, come over and say, uh, Forbes, you missed a spot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: no, they're pretty happy to get what I produce. Um, a, a honey, an interesting factor, too. Um, a honeybee, one honeybee, or one bumblebee is equal to about 450 uh, honeybees as far as pollination goes.
2: Wow. Uh, wh- wh- are are You're saying areas? one to 450?
3: One hundred to four hundred, yeah. One to Four hundred.
2: Holy Christmas! Uh, Boy, they will—they
3: will, they will fly at uh, fifty degrees, and even in a drizzle, where a, a honeybee will not go out mm-hmm. unless it's above fifty degrees,
2: mm-hmm,
3: and mm-hmm. not in any drizzle.
2: Do um, you plant? The
3: honey, honeybee is a nectar-seeking bee. Yeah. And the bumblebee is a pollen-seeking bee. Gotcha. So now you get greater uh, pollination factor. Mm-hmm.
2: From mm. Bumblebee yeah long live the bumblebee, I can say that yeah 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 well i'll I'm gonna research right. that and and see what is good habitat for the old bumblebee. Uh, i I've been studying the mason bee and and I'm kind of curious about if anybody ever if anybody uses those and if they have any idea, and they're sort of the same thing. they're not they don't produce honey or anything like that, but um, we'll see all right. All right. Okay,
3: and also the last part is this new giant uh, uh, killer bee that is attacking (laughs) all of the um, uh, honeybee nest and. You're talking about
2: the wasp? Are you talking the wasp? wasp. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, would hardware cloth that comes in different sizes, or something that uh, somebody could put over their hives that wouldn't allow that. uh, Oh, sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh,
3: I thought that if you could, you know, hardware cloth sometimes comes in different sizes and could restrict them getting yeah. in.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would be tempted to, um, <laughs> I don't know yeah, enough about listed. them. You read about them, and I'm not sure that they're really all that prevalent uh, in, in yeah. our climate, and if they are going to be. Sort of like the killer bee that came up from, from South America, it it never really came up this far, but... Right.
3: We can well, hopefully do this. Old for thought. Yep.
2: Okay. <laughs> it have sounds like I have more food for, for nightmares <laughs> for oh, You know it. So have a good
3: day.
2: Uh, yeah, you too. So we have uh, Linda now. Linda from Morrisville. Hi, Linda.
4: Hey, good afternoon. How are
2: you? Oh, I'm well. And uh, what's going on today?
4: So, my question is about dandelions. Yeah. Aren't they, are they beneficial? To the soil because it seems like I've read somewhere that they bring up calcium from oh, the soil.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, there's no question about that they're beneficial. Um, and I. Uh, I always cringe when people say, oh, they're weeds. And and I I like to say that weeds are just simply plants out of place. And a a dandelion is is quite a a hard worker in the garden. You know, you just pull that taproot and you see that sometimes they're, they're twice the size of your thumb and they're they're going deep and mining all sorts of uh, the minerals and everything else that that you could hope for um and and that's what makes them such fierce competitors and uh, it, you know there are certainly uh, many cultures and, and even some friends of mine that eat dandelion greens every and relish them and can't wait for them to come up. I, I have to confess I am not one of those people, but uh, <laughs> I, I I've sort of toyed with the idea of, of growing uh, some domesticated dandelions sort of like an endive you know, for the, the bitter right. bitter. Uh, but uh, I haven't brought myself to to it because i just have so much and i figure this would be my luck i'd put i'd put put grow something that took over you know <laughs> i'd be planting uh, yeah. another weed
4: right well i know when you taste them when they're really super tiny yep. they're they are like a endive they're yeah. not too bad no they're and, they're not too bad yeah um and there was another question i had it, oh may apples um where can I find them growing wild in the woods? I'm. Do they grow in Vermont, or that is that something you have to? I've afford?
2: I've never seen them in Vermont, but uh, uh, oh. why not? I, I've I haven't gone, you know, looking for them. Uh, where? How are you familiar with them? Did you use to to well, find them? I, be,
4: I believe I saw them in New York when I was over fishing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I, I just can't seem to locate them here, and I, I you know, they're kind of an interesting plant, and yeah. uh, but, so I, I was just curious if you knew uh, where
2: uh, they're... No, uh, I'll do a little research and ask some of my garden buddies and see if they're familiar with them and where you could find them. Um, do you plant, do you have any other kind of apples that you've planted, or... Uh,
4: no, they're, well, they're really not really an apple-apple. I mean, yeah. they're like a little plant. You might, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, but no, I haven't seen them since way back in New York yeah. when I went fishing. But I didn't.
2: Any other it. any other kind of fruits? I guess that's what I should have said.
4: <laughs> oh, oh.
2: What um, do you grow for fruits?
4: Oh, we grow apples. Oh, you and do? Yeah. I'm always amazed at how we try to do so much to take care of them, and then you go into the wild and you find. Wild apples that have no blemishes, no nothing on. <laughs> it drives
2: me crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it it's true. It's very true. And sure. and uh, uh, but the the only thing that you will find is that well, I'm sure you've you've gone out and and uh, 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 tasted some of those wild apples. and They could be pretty tart. Yeah. and uh, i know a lot of people like like them for their apple cider to give the cider a little extra tartness and yeah. uh, and of course they're really high in pectin if you're making any kind of a jelly or anything like that but uh, oh, yeah know. yeah yeah that that tartness is, is sort of that's uh, a sign that there's a very high in pectin and, and you oh, can okay. use that for, with your regular sweet apples and it, it'll uh, help them gel a little bit better
4: Well,
2: thank you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call, Linda.
1: A reminder that uh, for all gardeners, Kate Farms plant sales are going on this year, but they are online only this year with curbside pickup. So go online to katefarm.com and get all the information and the latest updates of what's happening this weekend. Browse the wide selection of healthy organic veggie starts, culinary and medicinal herbs, both annual and perennial flowers to get your garden growing. This is the weekend. Kate Farm and Growing for in central Vermont for nearly 40 years, and uh, they're doing a healthy business with healthy plants. So check online katefarm.com for all information. And mention you uh, were listening to In the Garden with Peter Burke. Me- means a lot to us here at the Friendly Pioneer. Our telephone number right now, 244- 1777. That will get you in on all the lines that are here. 802-244- 1777. And once again, here's Peter.
2: Hey, Joe. So, uh, so you're saying just that one phone will transfer to... All, all the different. Uh, so, if you're calling from Barry, you still have to dial the eight o two. Yes, indeed. Yeah,
1: normally, yeah. Uh, normally, most of the changes are at uh, this end. Yeah. We had a. Tight, you know yeah. punch in all different kinds of codes <laughs> to do everything but a, a toll-free line really doesn't mean that much anymore, anymore yeah yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah that's
2: right well because if i call from from work uh you know I, in barry i have to dial the 802 but if i call from home which is a yeah. 223 number it's just the Without the you know
1: plus to- internally here we have uh, a line that we can call out on mm-hmm. that people would not call in on mm-hmm. and then we have one that only <laughs> the bought only the well, I guess three bosses that I have at this point. All of the all of them have this super hotline. Oh, that's that I, red phone there. That's exactly. And I'm sure yeah. every all three of them, you know, Mr. Squire and Mr. Corm and, when that and, and one Lee, lo- yeah. all have their fingers resting on that button right now. It's a hair trigger. But and uh, so uh, but so when anyway, that
2: lights up, you know you're in trouble. Oh, I, I, just, I I just go under I just dive under the console, you know, when that one lights up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it probably will this afternoon. Uh, so I got a uh, an, actually a soil thermometer uh, at uh, one of our sponsors, and um, and uh, I was just sort of curious because I was reading about planting my potatoes, mm-hmm. and it says uh, when the soil temperatures are fifty degrees. And I thought, well, I don't know what the soil temperature is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm curious as heck because uh, w- what is a soil temperature out there? So I I mentioned this last week. Yeah. You know, I had tested it and. And uh, sure enough, it was fifty-two degrees, and it was fifty-two degrees all in every spot that I checked. So now
1: you should have taken your own temperature. That was fifty-two degrees. <laughs> take it back under warranty. <laughs> I think I and potatoes. Huh? I think we have somebody on the, line. on the line. right now. Oh, good. Fortunately, it's not that red one. So. oh, good. So, uh, good. Uh, good afternoon. Your first name in town.
5: Yeah, this is Ted in Shelburne. Hey, Ted. Hey, how are you? Uh, I just wanted to put a plug in for, for probably watering garlic. Okay. Because remember that the roots are pretty far down. Yeah. And they may still be moist, but maybe not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyhow, and also, like I remember being told by a probably knowledgeable person that most of garlic's growing is uh-huh. finished
2: mm-hmm.
5: around solstice. Like like toward the end of June, Yep. no matter what happens, it's not growing.
2: Excellent, excellent. Both of those reminders is good. Because uh-huh. uh, uh, it actually right now um, at the end of May is a good time to go ahead and, and feed them. And right. Make sure they have a, a good now. Um one of the callers last week said they had good luck with just a, a foliar feed, you know, of the fish emulsion. Yeah. And what do you use?
5: I've never done done that and in fact I don't usually add fertilizer. Mm. I have pretty rich soil.
2: hmm Yeah.
5: Pretty well, rich sun. Yeah. And well. I don't really want to push it. Yeah. You know, like I think pumped up agriculture. <laughs> I get you. Always yeah. the best. I know commercial people want to sell as much water with their strawberries as they can. Oh yeah, yeah, by the pound. Yep. Uh, but so anyhow, I don't know, but I don't actually add. Mm-hmm. To okay. It. I may it, I may do something now that we're talking about it, but it, it, <laughs> I partly mention it just because it's exploding now. I yeah. Mean, it's, growing. it's growing and looking beautiful, and I have no. Leak moth issue,
2: yeah, that's great. I'm glad to hear that I um, have
5: had in the past
2: no but. i I tried something new this year is the um is a I actually planted the garlic the first thing in spring as soon as I could get in, and it's a soft neck garlic that they say is is hardy yeah. in the north. Have you that ever actually
5: has, has a little shorter season as well, yeah, like I remember when I used to do a little bit of soft neck uh-huh. it would be the first thing I could take to market, yeah and yeah. it would sort of die back. I still believe in the harvesting hardneck garlic when it has some, you know, four or five pretty good green leaves
2: still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that uh, that I'd do better harvesting it earlier. You know, first, the first time you see that dead leaf, you know, curling down over... Yeah. and not not wait till it really completely dries out. It seems like the skin is really much hardier and, and thicker and Yeah, um, I
5: mean that's the key. There's so many subtle points. Also, my garlic is still decent <laughs> from yeah. last
2: year. Yeah, yeah, I had good luck with mine too. I, I actually still have one of the net bags uh that's that's in good yeah. shape and uh, I've noticed a few a little sprouting a little bit, but that's yeah, that's I mean, a, there's
5: a little green and actually this time of year I do kind of take that core out of the middle I sort of split it down the middle mm-hmm.
2: and, yep. and just
5: yep. use the garlic I don't know if that makes sense but I, I, at Farmer's Market I used to hear about a guy cursing <laughs> cursing the core and liked mine partly you know it was just fresh it was seasonal <laughs> but he liked it because, and you know he moaned uh, this was a French guy <laughs> and he moaned about that uh, <laughs> core in the middle <laughs> that's but funny always as Well, and I haven't dared to do onions. I may get some plants and put in onions i when I was more heavily invested in the past leek moth just made me crazy
2: oh yeah, yeah that's a tough one and and so you got hit pretty hard with that
5: like three or four years ago
2: yeah uh, uh. Yeah, uh my onions are up and looking real good uh we i planted both the plants and uh I planted them too early and, and the two nights later it was twenty degrees and just absolutely yeah that that's, killed them. That-
5: That's a bummer, and I am like my tomato plants at this point are in pretty fully rooted uh-huh. quart yogurt containers <laughs> and i i'm not sure well and i am in shelburne but uh, yeah. and i could cover i don't have that many plants yeah but,
2: uh, so are okay. you going to risk it this weekend or are you going to wait well, till i
5: am not sure yet i haven't
2: really decided <laughs> well it's saturday already going to have to decide soon here
5: <laughs> oh, we got
2: Monday. well Monday. that's you have a good point you have a good point good well, luck. I decided to put my cherries out because they they seem to be hardier than everything else. So. Right,
5: right. I mean, frequently these little gambles are not big gambles. <laughs> I mean, you can you can recover or rescue. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, I'm looking thing. at t- the ten
2: right. day forecast and there's no frost, and that's, uh,
5: that's exactly. Actually, I was. I was harboring a few plants for a, a friend of mine and, yeah. and he, he came over today and picked yeah. his up relieves my burden a little bit.
2: There you he, go, yeah. Well, I, and, I this was the first year that I that I have actually tried to do a quantity of tomato plants and last weekend I look at my tomato plants and they were they were 18, 20 inches tall and I'm oh. just like, what the heck did I do wrong here?
5: Yeah, one year I had them staked This was when I I think I was still doing the farmers market then. This is with Juliet, but I had them in gallon pots and I had little bamboo Mm stakes in the house still. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was quite a year, but a whole lot of work.
2: (laughs) And and I, I just um, that particular variety was a Jetstar, and uh, now the ones that I had that were cherries and the um, the Roma types those seem to be better and you know I'll plant them this weekend and you know bury the most of the stem right uh, but uh, those other ones they were so long and I figured gee I got another two weeks with these they're going to be three feet by that time yeah and so I uh, I made the death march to the compost pile with uh, oh (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) that was tough I mean you just you have to do it sometimes and this is a learning so I figured uh, two things one is it was too warm in the place where I was growing them. Uh-huh. And so that stimulated too much growth. And two is maybe I had the lights on too long. I was doing 16 hours, and then I've read yeah. someplace that after, you know, they, that first uh, true leaf, you should cut it down to 12 to, you know twelve hours.
5: Right, and the, I haven't been a scientist really about hours and closeness. I mm-hmm. did get one of those... Mm-hmm somewhat super-duper LED, sort of from Amazon or culture or something, lights, which Uh seems to do a great job, but I don't know how to finesse it exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you, you aren't timing it for the fruit bearing and the. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm interested
5: in all that stuff, but sometimes you just do stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hope you're lucky again.
2: Yeah, well, we uh, I appreciate the reminder to make sure we water that garlic. And, and I always
5: mm-hmm. remember that, that you want that drop of water to be six inches below the ground surface,
2: mm-hmm. more or less. Yep. and or, You and,
5: know, just in terms of some people will sort of water leaves and think they're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you want it to soak down. And I always say just use that finger test. Just stick your finger in the soil, right? you know, and it should feel moist all the way down to the tip. Right. And, and if it's not, if it doesn't, then you haven't watered
5: enough. Yeah, or scrape some away and you'll just see that you'll like some see. of these little rainstorms and some of these little waterings yeah. take the dust off the top, but it's not <laughs>
2: For the not most part, water
5: your crop.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Make sure that it's watering the roots and not just yeah. the the keeping the top of the soil wet or making the leaves wet.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Ted. I I really appreciate that. And uh, okay, uh, fine. Well, good
5: luck. Keep up the good work both of you. <laughs> the both of you. Thank you.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Bye. We'll do. Have a good Memorial Day.
1: Two four four one seven seven seven, the one number. You might try the other one, see if it comes in. I don't. <laughs> I, I <laughs> I'm could. not going to officially give it out. <laughs> you, okay. you know what has taken over my backyard? You know, you we were talking about dandelions yeah, early. Yeah. Well, a while back, along the periphery of my, my garden, I had planted uh, violets. I had just taken them from out of the woods yep. and various places when yep. I was out. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they have t- taken over... Beyond the fern forest, imagine my house, and imagine mm-hmm. the fern forest going about 30. And then from that point on, all the way back to the garden, another 30 feet or so, are all uh, violets. Yeah. And, and I will not mow yeah. over them.: Oh no, But interspersed among the, among the violets are the, um, uh, you know, are the dandelions now. And I tell you, just nature by herself. It is the prettiest thing, yep. you know, this big, this big you know, mixture of, yep. du- of dark purple yep. and, uh, and yellow dandelions. I said, you know, <laughs> people are calling these weeds, and yet it is prettier than anything I've ever tried to cultivate <laughs> flower-wise. And,
2: and certainly better than anything I could design.
1: <laughs> and, and, and one little thing, I'm looking at all the expansive dandelions, and I'm just, you know, crawling around looking, mm-hmm. looking at them. And in this huge field, I found one white one. Is that an, you know an albino? No kidding! Yeah, isn't that something? i
2: would never. I I have to say, I've never seen an albino dandelion.
1: Sure. So, um, so there's always know. one in the crowd, though, isn't there? So I'm letting it go to seed. You know, my neighbor's going to love that, you know. Oh, he's, oh, oh all those little white puffs coming into, across the <laughs> <Yeah>. across <laughs> yeah. across. As if we don't have enough yeah, dandelions. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a fence between, you know, good fences make good neighbors. But, not, <laughs> but you know, a uh, Wire fences are going to stop Not dandelion. a dandelion, no.
2: no, no. They drift for miles and miles. So my neighbor has
1: a field of white dandelions. So you'll, know you'll, know. you'll know where it, it came from. But it's Boy, I tell you, it's interesting. Just, just you know, spending a lot of time and looking what's what you've done and what you've not done what yeah. you had back then. It's only a half mm-hmm. acre that I have, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yet it, um, certainly, it certainly fascinates me. We have another caller on oh, the line. Okay, Let's good. Let's see where we're going. Your first name in town, please.
2: Rich from Starksboro. Hey, Rich. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. You? Oh, you know. Another day in paradise. Yep, yeah,
6: yep. Yeah. Um... Since you've been talking about this water stuff, quite a bit, I wanted to ask you about compost tea. Is there any problem with
2: watering with compost tea every time you water? Um, probably not. Probably no, no problem whatsoever. It's not quite like a soluble um, fertilizer, which you should only do once a week at most. Uh, you know, but the uh, the compost tea is is terrific i mean it's it's basically akin to putting the compost on it and letting it rain um yeah the there's no reason you couldn't are you spraying it on or are you pouring it on pouring it on with a cup
6: yeah. like you do with a yep. five gallon bucket
2: yeah no i yeah. i think that couldn't be anything better you do uh you do have to watch that you don't get too much nitrogen but you wouldn't with a compost tea because the, that's about a 111 on even a good compost is only you know it's pretty well balanced it's not high nitrogen or anything whereas uh you know a, a soluble uh, a soluble organic uh, fertilizer you know can be as high as you know 10, uh, 10 10 10 or you know so it's a pretty high rate of uh with and it'd be easy to get too much nitrogen, which you don't want, because then your plants will grow all the green stuff and not all the not the fruits. But with the compost tea, you don't need to worry about that at all. Do you have uh, how do you make your compost tea?
6: Well, I use a five-gallon bucket. Yep. And I I put maybe like a uh, like a, a shovel full in the bottom. mm
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
6: Of compost and then I fill it up with with uh, water and let it sit for. A day or two until everything sinks to the bottom.
2: Yeah.
6: And then they start dipping it out. And, yeah. And when it gets down low, I I add like a handful of compost just to kind of refresh it. Uh-huh. And I fill it back up again.
2: Does that yeah. sound like a good way of doing it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, how, how do you, have you noticed that your plants, uh, you know, seem to respond to that? Seem like it, yeah. yeah. Our peas, uh, they're jumping up on the, <laughs> the trellis. All right. well. Oh,
6: that's great. When did you plant your peas? Some got played in the middle of uh, April.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what so we did too. I've got one uh, spot so where they didn't.
6: It was so cold that the other ones have almost caught up with them <laughs> like two weeks later. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> I've got a couple of spots where I need to replant. They didn't. They didn't seem to like whatever it was. I didn't. Uh, I don't they know. germinate you mean yeah they didn't germinate well but that's you got the same it, deal it's not unusual you know it's uh right. you you want to make sure you have enough peas to plant two or three times <laughs> it's sort of like cucumbers you want to make sure you have enough cukes to plant more than once
6: yeah now do you do you replant in the same spot once they've once they've kind of uh, uh the peas have matured and you picked them all out or you have to go to a new spot or
2: uh, it sort of depends. If I just have a spot where it's been really poor germination the same year, uh, year to year, I do change uh, my trellises because I grow the the peas and pole uh, beans and tomatoes and my zucchini all on uh, all on trellises. So I'll I'll you know I vary those tomatillas. Uh, what else do I grow on trellises? Anyway, I'll, I'll rotate those year to year, but. If I get poor germination, um, I'll just go ahead and back feed those. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if some come a little later, it doesn't really matter. A is ahead, it doesn't really matter. Do
6: you ever get two annual crops of peas? No. On the same? Uh-uh, no? No. Have you? Well, it's... No, guess not. But yeah. thought if I planted the peas earlier, I might be able to.
2: <laughs> well, what I have found is the the uh, you know the edible pods, the sugar snap ones. Uh, those right, those
6: kind of thinking about That's th- grow.
2: Those will bear quite a, a long time. I my trellises. Matter of fact, it was for those and the pole beans that I increased the height of my trellises to eight feet instead of uh, the six feet that they were. Or I think they were like five and a half feet, and then I added one more piece of pipe, two feet, um, so they go up to eight feet. And that was for those, um, the sugar snap peas, because they they will continue to bear uh, for a, well into the summer. Matter of fact, uh, you know the the pole beans, they'll they'll bear right up to frost, and even some of those uh, sugar snaps will bear right up to to frost. So I, I can't say I have a second, you know, um, but I have a continuous harvest right, right through the winter from those, right through the summer from those guys, right up to the first frost. Whereas the the garden peas, you know, the peas for with the pods that you shell and freeze, you know, the, those I just get one crop and that's it. Yeah, those yeah, are sort of like a bush. Peas be- are
6: kind of like what you talk about. Too. I guess I never really thought much about it. They- it seems to slow down near the end of the summer. But,
2: yeah. But, well, uh, uh, give me more compost tea. <laughs> there you
6: go. There you go. Uh, this is the first time we've really gotten vigorous with the compost tea this year. Yeah. So, yeah. But another watering question you're talking about not watering the leaves of the plants with the garlic. Mm-hmm. Would that apply just about every plant in anybody ever plants in a garden?
2: Well, for the, for the most part, you want to water the soil. That's right. Okay. Um, the exception to that is if you're spraying, um, you know, a foliar, you can spray that. And some people recommend spraying uh, the compost tea, you know, in August to try to as a preventative for the um, uh, late blight. Um, and okay. I, I don't have enough experience with that to say it works or doesn't. But I, I've read about that. People, it's sort of like a um, the organic uh, uh, serenade, you know, and that's basically just a compost tea that you spray on the leaves, and that supposedly changes the pH enough to um, uh, to prevent the uh, that that virus from um, spreading on those leaves. Or develop on the leaves, so uh, that's the only case in which I would recommend spraying the leaves. But for your you know regular watering, you you want it at the roots. That's where it's going to do the most good, and it's possibility that it can it can uh, do damage. Now, certain plants, particularly like uh, bush beans, they're very susceptible to um, uh, to molds. And so I, you really want to keep the water off of them as much as possible. And, and of course, you know, I, I laugh, too, even even as I say it, just like, you know, don't put water on the leaves. Well, nobody told uh, Mother Nature not to put water on the leaves because she puts it on fairly regularly. <laughs> You know
6: we can't argue with that you
2: cannot argue with Mother Nature, but <laughs> when you're when you're pla- you know when you're watering, try to keep it in the soil just to make sure um like um like uh, like Ted mentioned is that you're getting down deep um you know that you're watering deep where where the roots of the things like garlic or you know carrots or anything that it's getting down to where um where the plant's roots are. And not just simply wetting the top of the soil. Mm-hmm.
6: So we can actually make uh, one one kind of improvement above, beyond Mother Nature in this <laughs> part of the dirt.
2: Well, that you know, in in essence, that's what you're trying to do when you're gardening. You're trying to take the yeah. things that are that are very natural, you know, and we're trying to 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 provide ourselves with an abundance of food. You know, uh, whereas uh, uh, obviously the wild carrots and all the other, they aren't eight inches long and you know inch and a half around. Um, so we're, you know, we're we're doing things just a little bit different. I mean, obviously we're working with Mother Nature, but you know, we're encouraging those things. Very good point. point.
6: Yeah. yeah. All right, Peter. Well, thank you very much. Good talk with you and uh rich thanks yeah. for
2: the call and uh yeah call again anytime it's fun to talk All
1: right. thanks, <laughs> thanks. bye yeah, bye okay goodbye rich and thank you much and peter we've got trudy on the air for you right now
2: Trudy, welcome
7: uh me back again
2: yeah what's up
7: i went to agway to get my makings for the raised bed yeah they didn't have any idea
2: what rock powder was. Oh, okay. Well, as uh, a mite, they should know and you may have to ask them to order it. I did, the very first time <laughs> I ordered it was uh after reading uh Ed uh, Ed Smith's book for the first time, probably 10 years or so ago. And uh they they um I had the same reaction and uh And the lady said, "You know, you must have read uh, Ed's book because uh, ever since that book came out, you know, I've had a run on azomite, and I didn't even know what it was. So that that uh, the Agway in uh, Montpelier just uh, they were out of it for a little while, and they just got a shipment in. Uh, At least they said they were going to get a shipment in. I, I."
7: last monday and the guy said he'd been with agway years and didn't know what it was
2: um uh try try did you did you mention azomite
7: is it a-s-e-r-m-i-t-e
2: uh, A-Z.
7: A-Z.
2: Okay,
7: as like
2: oh. a to z it's uh, azomite m-i-t-e yep and uh, I I know that that they can order it because uh, the one in Montpelier does, and
7: that's where I was.
2: Oh, well, I'll have to go talk to them because
7: I told them it was you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I will I will speak to them about it because it was, uh, yeah. I was just talking to um, um, Inga there uh, and. They mentioned the. I mean, they said they they were supposed to get it in this week. So I don't know. Well,
7: they, he didn't even know about
2: it. Well, I'll have to lecture him a little bit.
7: Nice, nice, not young, not young, young, not old, old, in between age. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs>
7: not as old as me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot younger. Uh, question: I have a blueberry bush. Yeah got black spots on some of the branches
2: huh and is it affecting the i mean right now the blueberries are starting to leaf out right yeah and not, and you yeah. can see the flower you can see the flower buds just yes. starting to form yeah and so is it affecting any of those things or
7: ones that seem to have the black on them uh-huh. they have leaves but no buds Huh. So I'm wondering should I cut them off maybe?
2: Uh you you might want to do that. Yes. Uh, uh let's let's see. Black spot on
7: uh on uh, the green. It huh. Seems to be the only one. I'm looking at it as we speak. I have your I have the radio out in the garden.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right where it belongs, right? <laughs> um now again is it on the the stem or is it on the leaf the stem on the stem okay so um that
7: one doesn't have as much on it and that one's got buds on it but
2: okay so let's see here now Uh, there is such a thing called black spot and uh, do they see Is it on the leaves as well Or just on the stem Did I already ask you that it's on the stem Yeah it's on the stem uh, It's a fungus and virus Okay let me just see What they talk about Yeah Let's see If they say to Treat the virus uh, The aphids spread the virus Is what it is It is a virus And, uh, huh. Let's see here. It's not giving us a simple, a simple (laughs) answer.
7: That's one of my smaller bushes, but it's got quite a few buds on the other. Yeah. That branch has got buds on it, and that one's got black on it.
2: What I would try, because it's uh, the virus, I would try something like a, uh, a neem oil and spray all the leaves and all the stems on all of them because something like that will tend to spread. So you wanna make sure, uh, that, uh, yeah. So I would try, th- I would try that, uh, as a first, uh, a first line of defense, a neem oil, and see if that doesn't um, see if that doesn't work. If you notice that it that doesn't work, call back next week and we'll try something else. Because uh, other than just clipping it out and getting rid of it, you know that would be you know that's something you probably want to do. It's not the it's probably not fatal to the plant itself. But it may affect, like you say, the fruit. So I, w- I would try the neem oil. That would be the first thing I would try. All right, I'll do that. And then, because uh, that would certainly slow it down. Make sure you do all of your bushes while you're doing it. Do you have a sprayer?
7: Uh, I, not a big one.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't need anything, but you have a lot of, how many bushes do you have?
7: I've only got
2: six. Oh, okay. So you'd be okay.
7: They're not huge yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, that that would be, where did you get those from?
7: Oh, God, I've had them for a number of years. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I got some at Dan Lion Acres, and I got mm-hmm. some in Lancaster, New Hampshire.
2: And oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> but it was from a nursery, and you would normally expect them to be disease-free.
7: Several years.
2: Yeah, Okay. Uh, yeah, that seems to be, it's a, it's a virus, and uh, we'll have to try the neem oil, and then we'll go from there. All
7: right, I'll do that. Yeah. Very good. Yeah,
2: do you, you know how, where to get the neem oil? Well, you can get that right at tagway or, or Blue Seal or any of those.
7: Did I spray that on my apple tree? The neem? Yeah.
2: Uh, I I wouldn't, no. I, I probably wouldn't. I would be more inclined to to use uh, something like a fish emulsion, okay. Uh, something that's uh, that is nutritious has nutrition to it, mm-hmm. and spray that right on the bark and everything else. But uh, why are you thinking about spraying your apple trees? Are you seeing something on there?
7: No, oh, I just didn't know if it should have something.
2: Uh, usually, um, before the buds are out, you spray it with a miscible oil. That's oh, the first again. thing.
7: Beginning
2: to have buds on a couple of yeah branches. So yeah, you know, go ahead and go with a um, go with that or or with a, well that for that matter a manure tea. But I I would go with the fish emulsion. That's a good feed for a, for an apple tree. What about Pro uh, to feed the apple tree.
7: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
7: I did that around the perimeter.
2: Yeah, sure. That's they um, they give the rate right on the bag to to, um, you know, so much per inch and so many, you know, out at the drip line and all that other stuff. But Shoot. it's right on the bag. I would just follow those instructions.
7: Okay, very good. All right, yeah. All right.
2: So what kind of apples are you growing?
7: Well, there's three different kinds on one tree. Oh, no kidding. Uh, there's uh, honeycrisp.
2: Yeah, huh? yeah.
7: Chris max. And... Honeycrisp Max. Huh.
2: And something else. <laughs> Wait, so, I, surprise, I, I, my, yeah.
7: It was my second year with it, and yeah. I got, I think, 25 apples off from it
2: last year. <laughs> there you go. That's great. <laughs> so, um, one thing is uh, you may want to do with your blueberry bushes is to rake up the... Do you have a mulch on there?
7: Uh, yeah, I use pine needles, uh-huh.
2: That's-
7: have weed guard under
2: the pine needles. Oh I see, yeah. Okay. All right. Well sometimes viruses are harbored in the in those mulches. So if you continue to have a problem with the blueberries like that you might want to just rake up your mulch and put it in the burn pile and uh put something new down. Okay. Okay. Very good. And let me know. I'd be real interested to hear what happens, Trudy.
7: All right, thank you. Yep weekend yeah you, you to too
2: bit. Yep. bye-bye
1: okay thank you we're reaching the the end today i just wanted to mention that going back uh even uh, you know further uh be you know further back uh uh past uh, ed smith's book uh, dick raymond's book oh yeah first got me into gardening many <laughs> many years ago um with regard to the peppers i before i plant them put some match heads in oh, yeah. the roots yeah. because they like they like sulfur. Of course, in recent years, the uh, what what we call a match now is a different. The sulfur really isn't in the match head anymore. Yeah. But I've been using a, a, a case of matches that I picked up somewhere that had uh, stamped out of Ronald Reagan for president. So I figure those are the old <laughs> mix. And I would spray Epsom salt on them yeah which is magnesium sulfate and i have no idea whether that is a, uh, you know superstitious behavior at this time is that does it really help but it does seem to make the leaves green but you don't want to make them green with nitrogen yeah, because I've had beautiful green pepper plants yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, and very no few peppers, no
2: fruits. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, it's always sort of a balance between one and the other, and that's of course one of the the real advantages of using organic fertilizers. You're a lot less likely to to uh, to burn them, you know, or to over over nitrate, you know, over feed the nitrogen on the, on those. So you're using compost or fish emulsion or those types of things, or the grow They're balanced and the you know not not that high in nitrogen, but certainly provide a lot of nitrogen in the soil. So,
1: well, I guess if uh, Epsom salts would uh, definitely not be organ- or an organic. No a,
2: I you know, I, I, with, I, with I don't see that yet. No I no, really? think that's fine yeah it's just a uh, it's just a uh, like salt basically yeah magnesium sulfate yeah, yeah right so um Good for I think that's your feet I know that <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, you know. <laughs> well, you you don't use a lot of it on there anyway. <laughs> right. I don't know if
1: you spray your peppers after you soak your don't no, ever. <laughs> there you that go. That would kill them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a,
2: a natural fertilizer, huh? There you go. <laughs> Jeez, Joel. <laughs> oh, hey, I I did call um Bob. Remember you gave me the phone number? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah, and I we had a very nice conversation. Uh, about uh you know about the gardening gardening and all the rest and that was uh that was a lot of fun well
1: since he's retired i guess he has more time to garden right more time to garden
2: (laughs) for sure (laughs) and uh he said he had met you once so all right well i guess we're uh gee boy that went quick the, this is the quickest hour. Is. Yeah, so uh, everybody be careful. Make sure you put your sunscreen on. It's a lot harder out there than than we're used to. You know, make sure you hydrate and, and take care of yourselves and enjoy your garden. And we'll be back next week. So uh, write those questions down because uh, sometimes it's hard to remember. What was that I wanted to ask? That, <laughs> that old geezer. <laughs> so... Uh, um, we will. Uh, we'll be back next week, right? And we'll be in the garden. All right.
0: Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below till the rain comes
1: tumbling down In the Garden today, brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridgeport. And the Kate Farm, that's right, there, sales online only with curbside pickup. By Claussen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you right there on Main Street in Colchester. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores, four of them to serve you. Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PNR Lumber, a family-owned lumber mill. Plus, they've got not only the lumber, but mulch and compost and lots of gardening things you need. PR Lumber, Route 15 in Woken, And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership.
0: Inch by inch, row by row.
1: We thank you for listening and be sure to join Peter Burke in the Garden next Saturday at 1230
0: here on WDEV FM and AM.